When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we begin, we would like to issue a content warning for this week's episode. There is a frank discussion of self-harm and suicide that some listeners may find disturbing. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Oh, sorry, I was Wikipediaing the Foo Fighters because I don't know fuck all about them. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. Oh, I feel Look at so... us producing the show in real time. I know, I'm so sorry. But it's true, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but the Foo Fighters are all men. <laughs> They're all menses. <laughs> so, it's not a Did you know, Joshua, that, familiar that men... Do make music? They do. I mean, I make music, but you know. But you're like. I know it's a different kind of. You know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, it's can can the can the listener hear me do my my wrist limp? But you know, you're (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah. No, they can hear that wrist crack from miles away. Uh, How are you doing? I'm I'm fabulous. You're be- really fabulous today because we have a really fucking special. I know. Extra. Eh, eh, all our guests are special, but not all of them. Uh, <laughs> not all of them are this special. <laughs> not all of them get the special VIP treatment that you yes. that you have to give. Yes, uh, that is a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, he's he's known by many names: Jimmy Kins, Jimmy Dexter Bolarino, Tidy Whitey Kins, Tidy Whitey Kins. He's known by many, many names. Hey, you. But uh, <laughs> but uh, his actual name is James, and we welcome him to Fright School today. Yay! Thank you both for having me. Oh, hi, Joshua. I, I am a Menzies as well. Is that going to be a, a problem? Yeah. It's okay, because you're, you know, again, one of those kind. <laughs> you're, you do Joe, be known. Yeah, yeah. You're my manses. <laughs> so for, you know, in case people haven't, like, figured out, picked, up, yeah. picked it up, like, you know, my, yeah. my, my beloved. Your paramour. <laughs> my paramour. Uh, mine said My no. special man friend. Yeah, mine, yes, mine was like, no, I have other things to do. <laughs> So he's not joining us. You know what? He's such a diva. He was all like, I do not want to share my moment on Fright right. School. I think, you know yeah. what? He's I- like, I've been here for 14 years dealing with your bullshit, Joshua. <laughs> uh, uh, why should I have to be on your show with somebody else, with a guest? That's bullshit. Honestly, I think that uh, Honestly, I think that if and when this show ends, mm-hmm. it, that last guest will be, will be Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. 
It'll we'll be like see. The grand finale. The grand, yes, the grand something. <laughs> the grand finally. I do like that you say if and when. So it's kind of like, ah, we'll see. I mean, everything ends. But yeah, it's nothing true. Is, yeah, nothing is yeah, ever One green. of us might die. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> why did I one why of us think that was going to go there? <laughs> Joshua. Well, this is fright school for fuck's sake. <laughs> one of us is definitely going to die. The other Anyways. one of us, you know. Still has a hundred years left on his contract with Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, I do have to renew it every hundred years. About that's about right, Joe. It's because you've watched the house. I yeah. knew you were going through stuff. I knew that drawers were opened. I knew that secret vaults were tampered with. I knew it. I the knew amulets it. were misarranged. The yeah. towels, like the you know, fold the towels wrong, it opens yeah. the gates to hell. It's true. It's true. They have to have to have a perfect. Yeah. Anyways, we can't get into this because I shouldn't be discussing the details of this in such a public manner. Thank you. Uh, oh my gosh, it is a crazy week here at Fright School. We are traveling. We're going to be in Georgia this week at the Renegade Film Festival. Are you excited, Joe? I am. I'm. Excited to fly the the friendly sky. <laughs> well, you might find I'm not so friendly these, but we'll see. You know, maybe we'll get lucky, and no uh, white people will act like assholes because we know that's who. It yeah, will. the only person that's gonna <laughs> act, the only person I want to act like an asshole is you to everybody else who's acting like an asshole. <laughs> the the major. I hope not. I don't want to deal with it. We we've talked about this on the show. The the thing about traveling with Joshua that I love, but in the moment is cringe is when people around him are acting strange and instead of doing the brown person thing of just like silently bearing it with dignity he's all like wow this fucking guy (laughs) (laughs) but they have to be an asshole like they i'm not rude to like you know i love it it's just like wow this fucking guy apparently we don't have anywhere else to be you need to be in the front of the line (laughs) you know it's I I just feel for people like in the service industry. So it's like, you know, when you're being a dick to like the ticketing agent or like the security or whoever, it's like, you know, fuck off. Like we all have to do this. Like we all have to get on the plane. We all have to get where we're going. Like, you know, gosh, calm down. And it's usually people who act like that, that probably normally behave that way and get away with it, you know? So yeah, I like to be an asshole sometimes to people who are dicks. I was in, I went out to lunch the other day. I had to go, you know, so I did my claws, did my nails. So Mm -hmm. I had to go to Ulta to pick up some things. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I'll go have lunch. And I went in. And most of the restaurants are, like, operating at, like, low capacity, right? You know? And, um, or they're operating with less staff, I mean. You know? So we go in. I'm like, it's just me. You know? So they're like, um, you know, it'll be like five, ten minute wait. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. So I sat down. This guy comes in. And he goes, is there a wait? And she goes, yeah, about, you know, how many? And he's like, two. And she's like, yeah, probably like 10 to 15 minutes. He's like, okay, well, put me down. And he spells his name out. And, you know, just the whole his the whole vibe was hostile, you know. And he walks back out. And then this woman comes in. And then they, he walks back out and meets her. And he's like, yeah, this is going to be 15, 20 minutes. This place is empty, though. There are tables open everywhere. Like, I don't understand. And she's like, well, we only have the one server that's operating and in like you know or there's only one server for each section so and it's lunch it's the middle of the day it's lunch yeah so there were like four people and the place was pretty busy i think for the number of servers they had and the guy was like just being an asshole and like so then she called my name and i stood up and i was just like man i do not miss working in restaurants i'm very sorry like you know, oh sorry, I'm activating oh my God. your phone. Uh, he, uh, Siri wanted to say something there. 
But I just apologized to her because the guy was a dick, you know? And it was just like, I hate it. I hate it when people would do that. When they come in, when I was managing restaurants, you know, you're seating people and it's like, you know, well, those t- tables are open. Why are we waiting? I'm like, because there's nobody serving there. Would you like to sit there and nobody help you? Fuck face. Get out of my restaurant. <laughs> Uh, but I didn't I never said that back then because then I was too afraid like as I was young and like oh yeah when it's your source of income right yeah and worried about you know but I just apologized to the woman because like he was just such a dickhead and it's just like you know gosh people like you know I mean you should there's never an excuse to behave that way but especially right now when things are the way they are we're in like a cataclysmic (laughs) on many levels situation did yeah. did she bring you extra onion rings for that i don't need onion rings but oh uh, that's right you don't when i left she was very nice when i was leaving like that's you know, good have a good day you know i was just like i don't miss like the the shit you have to put up with girl i'm sorry i mean if you had to put up with it then you know in the before in the great before right. yeah and i just don't think there's any reason i i really think everybody should shut down. like i mean i think there should be a nice balance because i've noticed we've, we've talked about this uh, i know i think i've talked about it with you but jeffrey and i've definitely Customer service across the board is a little kind of fuck you right now, like no matter where you go. Like when I went up to, and stayed in L.A. overnight, which I mean, again, I guess it's L.A., so you get, you know, L.A., but you get what you get. But, you know, I spent quite a bit of money on the hotel room and like the front desk clerk was just not fucking for it. Like, fuck you. Fuck your room. Fuck all of this. And I was just like, okay, because I was really nice. Like, I was just very like, hello. like, <laughs> And he just was not having it the whole time. Every time I interacted with him, he was just not not there for it at all, you know? So, I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, I, I feel like if somebody comes up to you and is an asshole, be fu- yeah, be an asshole back. Like, fuck it. Your boss doesn't like it. Tell them to go fuck themselves. You can find another job, you know? I mean, there's so there's a lot of, like offers um at least here again i can't speak for everywhere i'm sure it's not the same across the board but here in san diego everybody needs workers so like yeah if somebody's a dick to you and you can't put them in their place then yeah you there's a lot of worker power i think right now to some degree yeah but uh anyways how how are we off on this i was trying to be positive (laughs) talking about how we're going to the renegade festival we're gonna have a really good time we're gonna be traveling together again I know. after I'm just, so long. I just, I'm bummed because I don't think that we're going to get a chance to go to the Coca-Cola Museum. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's right. In Atlanta. Yeah, that's where right? it is. Mm-hmm. There's a Coca-Cola Museum. You can try Coke from all over the world. Oh, well, sign me up. Uh, can I sneak uh, liquor in? <laughs> can I, what is, what is, uh, you know... What uh, Japanese Coke tastes like with whiskey in it? <laughs> I don't know. Sure, like, it's all the same. So I don't. I don't care. No, we probably are not going to have time. We're going to be running ourselves ragged, but it's going to be a good time. We're going to talk to lots of cool filmmakers, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have so much fun. We uh, we can't wait to meet uh, Michael Kennedy. Yes. Exactly. Um, Michael J. Kennedy. He is. Uh, he's on. He's on a scout. He's been location scouting. If you've been following him, <laughs> yeah, on his Instagram. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah, he's I'm been in Canada. To to I cannot him. wait to talk to him about his dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I probably will forget to talk about. Like you know me, I'll probably forget <laughs> the one thing. I'm like, Scooby, <laughs> tell me about Scooby Strode. We're supposed to talk about a film, but nah, fuck yeah. that. Let's talk about your dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, what else is going on this week? 
oh, the Batman opens, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to like a pre-screening for that mm. on Monday. And it looks very, like the way they've been selling it is very kind of horror film-like. Like the Riddler, he's kind of creepy looking with his like Zodiac kind of thing. And Well, the Riddler kind of looks like Bane though. Maybe. I, I just got that kind of vibe that they did with like on American Horror Story with like the Zodiac Killer and... You know, do you like Batman, James? I have, yeah, it's. Wow. I haven't watched a lot of it. (laughs) Yes. Um, You're not like a Batman. I'm not a fan of Batman himself. Like I've always been like, I don't understand it. Like you're a billionaire and you like beat up petty criminals. Like when you could solve like world hunger. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Batman himself is kind of garbage, but I'm here for like Catwoman. I'm here for uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is awesome. I'm very excited. You're here for everybody except Except for the Batman. Batman can go fuck himself, but... um, But I'm excited for the film. It looks really fun. I'm going with our friend Mike, who's been on the show before. Um, uh, we're doing like they're doing this like pre fan event on Tuesday night, so tomorrow night in the uh, fictional uh, world we've built here. Um, <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun, and then we get, then you know we get to get on a plane and go away. Yeah, and go. Away. Yes, we get to go on a yeah. get on a plane and go away. <laughs> yeah, um, get away from this this uh, you know San Diego. Uh, what have you What have you all been watching this week? What have you been up to before we uh, get into our? Well, I mean, we've been as you all know. I've we've been watching, or James has been watching Drag Race. <gasps> oh yes, this is perfect to talk about this. The um, I mean, like Drag Race from the beginning. So we're not watching the new episodes. I actually haven't seen anything from the. No, I know season. you guys like went back to like the beginning. Yeah. Well, he he started. Yeah, and then like I somewhere around I think season four, right? Sharon's season. Yeah, probably season four. Is when no season three season three is Sharon's season. No, season Sharon is four. So then yeah, Sharon three Jinx is, is five. Jinx is five. Okay, so Chad Michaels is three then. Uh, no, no, Rajas. Rajas three. Rajas right? three. Yeah, Chad won All Stars. Yeah, they made up All Stars so Chad could win. Yes, they, just like yeah. they're making uh, uh, UK versus the world for Juju to win. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not. Watching. I can't. I can't keep up with it. I, I was like, I, 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 a friend was like. Are you watching? Um, he was referencing something to me, like I knew it about. It. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, are you watching? Are you watching UK versus the world? And I'm like, no. When it comes to Drag Race, America first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. So I love when you're like internalized um, colonizer uh, colonization. Like you know, comes out. It's such a beautiful thing. I know. Wait till you get on the. <laughs> but you know, when I when we're on the plane, you know, that's when the like internalized brownness oh, is that <laughs> externalizes it? no so we're watching we're watching drag race right now and um i feel like part of me hopefully doesn't give things away because there's some that's like oh i want to watch this episode with you and i want like my ass just yelling stuff out to him before oh i know and I, <laughs> but like i'm like i want to watch know. this episode with you i watch that episode with you so we are currently on season 10 yeah two episodes into season 10 and um, we had, I told him, I was like, okay, when we, I have to watch the finale of nine with you and just know that like the finale of nine changes everything in terms of how they do the finales for Drag Race. And he had the best reaction to Sasha Ballour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was very happy with the ending of this. Yeah. <laughs> 
and she did her roses thing and he was like yeah like he was it was so good uh who doesn't love a whitney houston number you know uh my love can i ask you what your favorite like your five favorite queens are so far Ooh, okay let's see i want to say sasha velour is one of them now okay uh bianca del rio is hilarious definitely jinx monsoon uh chad michaels and let's see james mansfield no (laughs) (laughs) we share the name no uh Probably kimchi, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kimchi's great. Yes. See? Look at him. He got good taste. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving this, like, you know, his Eliza Doolittle to your Henry... Uh, Higgins. Higgins, you know, very my fair, yeah. gaty. I yes. love it. <laughs> my fairy lady. My fairy <laughs> lady. Yeah, I'm just loving this, like, you know, I've been sherpaing you up these horror mountains all this time, and now you're taking him up the, the homo, the homolands. The Homolayans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just—it's late. I'm making things up. Um, I am making my way up. That yeah. works somehow. Homolayans. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> point is, yes, I, I appreciate it. You're getting Joshua, your okay. your your queerness is expanding. Yes. So, um, what are some of your favorite moments from Drag Race besides the Sasha Valor flower? Um, Rose reveal, whatever that was. <laughs> I'd have to think about. I'd have to go back to it. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll claw your eyes out, Joshua. Don't come for my man. Whenever we're watching it, Joe and I, uh, he he always gets a kick out of my responses to uh, Michelle Visage's uh, um, criticisms of the queens. And, are, are, yeah. you, are you not here for Michelle sometimes? She an asshole. I think she's kind of like the cow, uh, what's his name? The Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell kind of vibe. No, I at times. It's not that I'm not here for it. It's just uh it's it can be it can be a lot and it can be like a little hypocritical at times, it seems like. <gasps> yes, absolutely. There's tons of hypocrisy on that judging panel, you know. And beyond, it's like, and she sort of changed over the years because obviously, like, as culture has shifted, especially with body positivity and stuff, because she used to be, like, I bet if we went back and watched, I'd be even more horrified, you know, at some of this stuff, because she would, like, tell the queens to corset and, like, talk about their hog bodies and shit or whatever. It's like, she's, like, yeah, they've had to... I think adapt and change. Well, I mean, they got a bigger audience now. Well, so, yeah, that's like, true too. You can see it, and it's so interesting because, like, you nine is the shift from uh, was it nine or eight? It's nine or eight is the shift from logo to VH1, right? And so I can't. Keep and up so with you that. can definitely yeah. see, like, it was the the season where Lady Gaga was the oh right yeah, yeah the production just <laughs> yeah because yeah. then it's Lady Gaga then it's Christina Aguilera so you know there's always that big guest in the beginning the production gets better a little yeah bit. they just got Alicia Keys on like I think this season or the last or I think it's this season it's not spoiling anything for like I think for judges is it no okay. Um, you know, I'm just making sure. I don't want to like ruin the show for you. No, we love spoilers in the West Craver Memorial Library. I know, that's <laughs> the problem. Yeah, we do. Um, but you know, he he actually has a good um, he has a good sense for predicting uh, miscongeniality. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, well, the past two the past two seasons, I think I was I was off, but 
I can't remember. But like from two to, you know, from two to eight, he was yeah. doing pretty well. I mean, I called season nines originally and then I switched and then it turned out to be the, the first the, one. Yes. Yeah. Always go with your gut. Yeah. Never, you know. I know. He does like Valentina. Well, yes. I hate to spoiler alert. She's apparently a holy terror, like <laughs> in person, but you know, that's what I've heard at least. But she's like, a star. She is. She's a star. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. stars are assholes. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like that. You're not an asshole, Joshua. So, by the transitive property, you're not a star. The transitive property. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you that's know, not it, a read. That's not a read. It's just a fact. <laughs> that's just a fact. <laughs> oh man! Something that uh, something that James also and I like to do is like uh, we like to come up with uh, drag names randomly. So when. Mm-hmm. Wh- Here's one that I've been meaning to tell you that he said, but I'm going to let him say it because you know which one? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So, so go, go ahead. Go ahead. English lessons. English lessons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Miss English lessons. Miss English lessons. Come on. Yeah. Okay. No, I th- this came up because on, uh, what was that? I think it's season nine. Was it, it was season nine. It was, uh, um, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. I can't remember what exactly was going on, but she just ended the conversation with, thank you, English lessons, or something <laughs> like, like Come that. Come on, ESL. All right. Come on. Hey. I love this. I feel, I, is this like, we're kind of having like this, um, I feel like we're really extra queer right now to like counteract like the extremely hetero vibes from the film. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, like, I think we're extra queer right now because, like, my beloved is in the they, like ah. my queer person. <laughs> yeah, I, but he's like, I with. think less gay than both of us. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we're um, getting there. We're you're getting more. There. Pa- yeah, you pass. You pass better than we do. Although some man asked me about my wife the other day, and I was like, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, do I wow. not sound gay? I thought I sounded pretty he, gay. He probably thought you were a lesbian. Let's be Maybe. honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right. I had a mask on in my hair. <laughs> Miss, let's let's talk about your wife for a minute. Yeah, but he asked me about my wife and I traveling because we were talking about that. So I'm like, okay, I guess. I, I'm oh, not. so I'm the fucking wife? Is that what it is? No, no. I, oh. I was talking about Romania. Oh, yeah, okay. I was talking about the Romania trip. <laughs> it happens. Uh, oh. You know. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Because, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, geopolitical disasters as it is, again, I mean, I want all that to be, you know, resolved. It's perfectly fine if they cancel the trip. <laughs> I'm not going to, like... <laughs> Can I... So, uh, speaking on that, so recently, I I met a, I met a fellow uh, queer, uh, female-identified lesbian, and she started listening to our show. And then she's like, yeah, you guys, sometimes some of the things you talk about, like, are a little prophetic. Like, you mentioned something and then it, like, happens. Or you're talking about something and then, you know, it just so happened that... And I'm like, oh, well, now it makes me want to go back and listen. <laughs> well, it's probably just because horror is so cyclical and, uh, and, it, and it matches up with history, which is also... What is it? Um, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have it tattooed on me or something. Like, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. Like, the Mark Twain quote, I think. 
I was not expecting you to quote Mark Twain. Oh, I think it's Mark Twain. Is that not Mark Twain? I don't, I'm not a Mark Twain oh. scholar. Don't ask me. Well, I know, but you're pretty smart. You know, you might know some Mark Twain. Um, I thought it was him. History. Rhymes. That's not the dead white man that I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Mark Twain. I love that. And so it's not hard to predict how shitty we are. And that, of course, every few years, some horrible like disaster is going to happen. We suck. Humans suck. We're amazing and wonderful and brilliant and creative and, you know, creatures of infinite potential. And we use it for suckitude. So there we go. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the gayness, because I am curious. So this is, this is a curiosity to me, okay? Because I don't know... I mean, I think I was pretty lucky to get kind of plugged into like something like Rocky Horror really early. And then that kind of just led me, you know, to more like kind of queer things, you know, just because you go out. You oh, meet. so it's it's Rocky Horror's fault. Richard well, O'Brien's I, fault. I think part, I think partly because that was really how I met the first like other gay people or queer people in my life who then, you know, I mean, and like Will and Grace was on and stuff like that. So of course, sometimes those things would be referenced or like books I was reading. And then you kind of go and you look and like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, you start building this queer, you know, history. Uh, and I'm curious for you watching Drag Race, because especially like I feel the earlier seasons did a better job at like kind of talking about queer history in some degrees or like taking those moments to say, this is what this comes from, or that's what this is, or that's what that is. I'm curious, like, do you find yourself translating or like, do you have to like annotate or like, do you like, do you feel pretty plugged in to like the culture of drag race? Like, are there things that come up that you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't know what they're even talking about. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's still quite a, quite a bit that I'm, that flies over my head, but um, that's particularly queer. Yeah. 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 Well, I think my favorite thing that happens, cause like, you know, uh, James, uh, James like is not as, uh, with the, with the movies and the TV references. Like I am, I just like it, it just, things just enter my brain and can't leave. Um, I also can recall like obscure celebrities at the drop of a hat, right? right. So, okay. So my favorite thing is uh, when in the beginning, when RuPaul is like with extra special guest, <laughs> and then you name like some model or some like actress from the nineties, and then James will just be like, I <laughs> just I yeah, don't know. I don't know who that is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then, and then I usually try to be like, okay, well, have you seen this, or do you know this? So like, well, that's that person's wife, or you know, right. But like, there was like with extra special guest, you know, Gigi Hadid, and you know, and I'm like, I, I also don't fucking know where these people are from. So most of the time, I'm just like, okay, they must they must have the RuPaul blessing of some sort, right? Right. Huh. I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. I think that's been something that like I missed uh, about um, COVID, the whole the pandemic and stuff is like when you were first coming and hanging out, we were like watching, you know, very like queer movies and like, you know, documentaries and things. It was kind of fun to see because, again, it is it is like it's like doing Fright School in a totally different way because it's like i've seen these movies a million times or you know we have like a whole dictionary like you know a whole encyclopedia of like queer knowledge between us that isn't even like it's a tip of the iceberg really for you know how much like queer history there is but still just the knowledge that we have it's so interesting to watch like you find and you discover things for the first time mm -hmm. so and, and one thing that like 
this sh- this show and just me in general is a like kind of celebrates is the idea that of like the the joy that you feel of watching something for the first time. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about watching James watch Drag Race. Yeah. Is that like he's experiencing it for the first time. And for me, I get to relive it. I mean, in a similar way, like exactly, I said, you I, have that cognate for what it's like. I, for exactly. Me. Yeah. Again, I'm a I'm a cuck. I'm a, like a, you know, I'm, a <laughs> I'm a reality cuck. I, I've come out as this. Um, oh my gosh! And it's just so it's so it's so like and then and then sometimes I have too much fun, and I also like I'm like okay, I I know the result of the lip sync because I know who the finalists are, but. I don't know how the lip sync goes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, because there's been so many, and yeah. it's like, yeah, definitely. I definitely will watch old episodes that go, oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about her. I forgot about them. You know? Oh my god, Charlie Hyde's like Charlie Hyde's James Mansfield, Ka- uh, Calorie Kardashian Williams. Like, g- give me a like. Uh, these are girls. I'm like, oh shit. Like, uh, Kamora Black. Who the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, we, these are. I'm like, wow. The you did not. Uh, you did not leverage your drag race fame in the yeah. same way that some other girls have done. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's like it doesn't, like, if you are good, like, if you get on there, you're good. You, like, give a good show. You you have an actual talent, you know, like a real talent that you can, you know, parlay into, like, a career. You don't have to win that show. You know, you just have to, like, go on and people fall in love with you and go, yeah, that's it. And, you know, do the tour, you know, and, and work it. But, yeah, there's so many that you're like, man, yeah, there's there's a very good reason you didn't win or go very far because, you know, you got nothing. Uh, you Doing makeup is not the same as doing drag, you know. Yeah. And we're really in that era right now where it's like. Yeah. Whoo. That's why I like. <laughs> That's why kimchi, I think, is so great, is because she can really do makeup, yeah. but she's also doing drag. Yeah. Like, and her mm-hmm. makeup brand is doing really well. Yeah. Kimchi's makeup. Oh, it's so, so good. Uh, poor James. You're like, can we talk about the Foo Fighters? I did not come here for this, <laughs> this gay-ass shit. <laughs> so I guess we'll take a real short break, and we will be back to talk about Studio 666. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. So we, uh, I mean, this is fresh, 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 fresh. We just got back to the uh, the West Craven Memorial Library here after seeing Studio 666. Um, what was it? Uh, what did it open with? It was like <laughs> presents Foo Fighters presents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Studio Six yeah. Studio. Six 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 Six. Uh, um, yeah. So this is uh their take on a on a horror film. Well, it's a comedy film. Obviously, it's comedy horror horror comedy. Uh, horror com com horror. <laughs> 
I don't know about a calm whore. Uh, oh, I know something about a calm whore. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and her name is Joe. No. <laughs> you know she do be a whore for some calm. <laughs> She's a calm oh, slut. Gosh. So. <laughs> She's a calm dumpster. Oh my! We can just go and go. And go. Okay, so we got. <laughs> oh man! This oh is... my god! Is this episode called "Calm Dumpster"? No, this is so bad. I don't think I should. No, we can't. I think it. <laughs> we can't. We'll, we'll kiss any sponsorship goodbye uh, with that. <laughs> Studio six 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 twenty twenty two comedy horror film. Pearl Jam High Five. Directed by B.J. McDonald. Oh, we'll get into that. Uh, B.J. McDonald. Uh, we got screenplay by Jeff Bueller, Rebecca Hughes. Story by Dave Grohl, uh, which I imagine... No shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> what? I feel like he like got Shudder, like, watched all of Shudder, stoned and drunk, and was like, I got an idea for a movie. And just like... <laughs> took all of them <laughs> like put it in anyway so it's starring uh the foo fighters or are they just foo fighters they the foo fighters looks like it's just foo fighters there's no official the it's implied, it's implied <laughs> yeah there's the. no the in the name um <laughs> anyway the so, is implied got it so it is about uh dave grohl et al uh struggling to uh make their 10th album and so they rent a uh, a haunted house to record in, which apparently they actually that house is the house they actually made their last album in, and then decided to film this horror movie in there as well. That's uh, something I read somewhere. Mm. I'm sure I'll be able to find it while you all talk. Um, I'm sure I'll be able to credit that source. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, uh, as usual, you know, monstrous things happen, and you know, hilarity ensues. Joe, uh, what did you think of this movie? Well, it was it was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm very curious how we're gonna give it the fright school treatment because <laughs> it was just I was like, oh man, it's a can we just do a movie where we just watch a movie and talk about talk about it? Um, no, we gotta we gotta complicate the movie. Um, it was really really fun, um, and it's also like a testament to like COVID filmmaking, right? It's like, hey, yeah. let's make a really, like, well, good production value on a movie, very small cast, and, like, one location or, like, one house, that kind of thing. It's just so cool how they're making movies now with, um, yeah, uh, uh, with, um, in COVID. Um, and I also think that, like, this is something, like, exclusively for, not just exclusively for the Foo Fighter fans, but I think also for like horror movie Foo Fighter fans. Like it's a very, it, the Venn diagram is like, are you a Foo Fighter fan? Are you a horror movie fan? And then like, eh, this movie's for the people in the center. <laughs> well, speaking of, I mean, that's why we brought in uh, James. What did you think? I thought it was fun as well. It was good to see them make this movie just because it just shows um, how broad their uh horizons are they're not just there to make music they can also make movies and yeah. so it was, that's kind of one of the, that's one of the main reasons why i'm such a dave grohl fan and a foo fighters fan all together is just because um yeah they've he's uh yeah dave grohl's just made all this music 10 10 albums that's a lot and then, <laughs> yes, <laughs> truth. Uh, 
all, he's also wrote, written a book, and then this is the second movie he's done. Oh, really? What's his know. What's his first movie? Do you? They remember? did the uh, they did the Sonic Highways, which is their I forgot oh, what right, album their docu series yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, it's natural stepping stone to make like a film, film. Yeah. So, um, fictional film. I mean, yeah, it was good to good to see uh, this creativity from them, and just put their twist on maybe the struggles that they're having, that they're actually having, putting this tenth album together. Since I mean ten albums, you mean I mean it's a lot. You, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're that's running out really of music. Good. I think that's actually a good point of like, you know, when you talk about like how we're going to like fright school this movie up, I have a few things that I I was thinking about while watching it, but I think that's a really good point. Like, you know, when we talk about, and dear listener, this is actually kicking off a little, a new unit of films where we're going to actually explore like horror films about musicians, like musicians as a protagonist in in a film and sort of what it says about the, you know, the art of making music or, uh, you know, lots of, lots of different things in the films that we're going to watch and kind of explore for this segment. Creative angst. Yeah. You know, and sort of like, yeah, like kind of pulling out of, you know, creation, like, you know, pulling out of nothing. And And so I actually really like that reading of like the struggles they had making their album. Do you know anything about like, was it really tough for them to make that album? The last one, whatever it was. Uh, I I never really looked into that. Okay. So yeah, and it's a it's a good album. Um, I I didn't know. I, I, the only like two Medicine Foo Fighters, Midnight, right? That's yes. The last one. Um, yeah. the only yeah. two uh Foo Fighters songs that I knew prior to like, um, that I knew were Foo Fighters songs. Let's put it that way, because uh, I that prior to meeting James were, um, The Pretender, and Best of You. Uh, mainly because like I watched a lot of VH1 in 2005 <laughs> and Best of You was like always on the t- I got another <laughs> yeah it was just very they do there's a great moment in the in the film with Whitney Cummings doing that song and they're just like staring at her like man can we be done with that song already um <laughs> <laughs> what well, also has to be like that's like musicians worst nightmares you know like you see those videos of people who think like it's a great idea to film themselves singing at a musician who's like Ugh. like did you see the one with Celine Dion where the girl starts singing and she just rolls her window up and like like no <laughs> it's just like I couldn't imagine like there's nothing like even if I think I'm really good at singing a song I'm not gonna put myself in that situation well yeah I mean like y- yeah there's no there's no way that that's gonna yeah. end and it's end ex- well I think it would be extremely uncomfortable like to have somebody come up and just start like singing a song at you you know like and it I, I also get it's just like when we went did um, did it happen you went to the American Horror Story Paley Fest no I, I've not been to one of those okay yeah and there were people getting up like trying to like audition for like Ryan Murphy, like these kind of, you know, just people in the audience, like that were like pitching things or whatever. And it was like so embarrassing because it was just like, this is not the venue. <laughs> it's like you're shooting your shot, but this is also not the yeah. time. Oh, and there's just, not, it's so embarrassing. You know, the same thing when we go, you know, we're like on the Melissa cruise and people like start singing or doing weird stuff and you're like, oh, this is so embarrassing <laughs> like, for you. And you don't even know it. Like you're just like, t- and that's kind of that moment with Whitney. I was just like in my seat, like, ah. It's, it's, so it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I just you know, uh, so like embarrassment. If I I'm gonna take the reins a little bit of fright school here because I, I need to look good in front of oh, you know. Yeah. My oh. <laughs> so you know like the, <laughs> why the, start now? The concept of like 
the Faustian deal, right? Mm. Like you make the deal with the devil is very old. I mean, it, it has a name. It goes back to Faust, Goethe's Faust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the interesting, especially when it comes to music and musicians, I mean, it goes back to one of the greats of blues music, Delta blues music, Robert Johnson, who um, the legend of Robert Johnson is that he uh, made a deal with the devil at a crossroads uh, to become the best blues player ever. And so he did became the best blues player and then immediately like died. And there's not much that's known about his death or anything like that. I think there's been documentaries since Mm -hmm. where people, um, I think it's like his sister talks about him. And so, you know, check that out. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll find it. But so the idea of like musicians, um, feeling like the devil is, a part is like responsible for their talent and feeling that kind of hopelessness of running out of, of inspiration or like, you know, what are you doing with the time that you have? And that was the other thing too, is that like, I forget what song it is of Robert Johnson's, but he talks about like there was like a ghost following him or like a, there was always like a demon or something following him because of the like supposed deal that he made with the devil. I love it. And so, you know, so Joshua, let me ask you this. When you made your deal with the devil, what <laughs> did you have to, like, because I know, like, in Supernatural, they kiss. Uh, what did you have to do? Listen, I don't, I don't kiss and tell. You know? <laughs> I could just say that Lucifer, you know. Is a tender lover. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the morning star. They don't call him that for nothing. Um, no, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? That means Morningstar, like the like the like the fake bacon, like the fake meat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Plot twist: the devil is a woman. It was a very lesbian experience. Um, very sapphic. Um, this is uh, we're so off the rails, but that's a really great point. And again, at the heart of like, yeah, a lot of um, musicians write about those sorts of you know concepts and. Uh, and this movie obviously hinges kind of on probably a bit of Dave Grohl's own like worry about writing and, you know, like, are you going to have another hit? What does that even mean in today's world? You know, for people that have like had careers for decades, you know, always like that, the, that hustle of that, uh, you know, the record companies are, you know, assholes and <laughs> demanding so much from our, the whole thing with streaming and like, yeah. you know, the the streaming of it all, how much you get per stream, that sort of thing. Nothing, I'll tell you that. What that means. Every now and again, I get a I get a little check <laughs> for for our record, but it like takes forever, you know, because it's like streams on Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so sad, like how how many streams it takes to get like money. <laughs> they just like randomly give me a. Ugh. Anyways, I can't get into it. It's terrible. Um. Was, there was something else I was going to ask or was going to say. Um, so I did, I, I was reading about their thing. So they were recording in this house and I guess they actually said that it was kind of like a spooky thing. So their last record, which I forgot that um, the, the single shame, shame. Oh, I love that song. That oh, is yeah. a great tune. Yeah. That, I, they played that on SNL. And I'm like, Okay, Foo Fighters, that is sexy. That's a good song. Because for me, Foo Fighters, and maybe this is just me with my like misandrist ear, but a lot of their songs blend together for me personally. Like, you know, when I hear Foo, I'm like, well, that sounds exactly like all their other songs. Like, you know, they just, to me, feel like they have a very, you know, 
they just, a lot of the songs sound the same. They probably don't, like, if I seriously sat and listened to them. But every mm-hmm. time I hear, like, a new single by the uh, Foo Fighters, I'm like, well, they, hey, good job. If you got a formula, you stick with it. But that song was really great. In the words of Peppermint on the runway in season nine, I have to say something. Yeah, you say something, girl. <laughs> um, you don't think that some of the ladies that you follow have similar songs that sound oh, the same? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big critique when Melissa put out her Live and Alone concert film. Because her, with just her and her acoustic guitar, yeah, a lot of the songs sound exactly the same. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, it's very true. That girl, she loves, she loves a C, G, D, E minor. Like, you put them in the song. Like, that's it. Those are the only things you need. Just like... Uh, Stevie Nicks, she needs an A minor, an F, and a G. She's got like a hundred songs, those three chords. Like, you know, she's figured F, it out. A, you need an A, an F, and a G? A minor, F, and a G. Oh, and you can play. She needs fag? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Famga. It's a Famga. A, yeah, A minor, F, G. You could play uh, Dreams. You could play Sisters of the Moon. You could play um, Rhiannon. Throw a C in. You, got, you get Rhiannon. Listen, she's got a hundred million plus dollars, so it's working. The Foo Fighters, they have way more money than I do, so hey, it's working for Foo them. Fighters. I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to <laughs> critique. Do you know where that? Uh, no, his, I have no idea. So hold on, the, you have to tell that story though. <laughs> so. Oh, um, it was like it was an SNL. I can't remember when it was, but uh, Christopher Walken. <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah, hosted that one, and. Uh, there's like a YouTube video yeah. of the Foo Fighters talking about, like years later, talking about um, Christopher Walken. Um, Listen, is James them. gonna tell the story or not, <laughs> Joe? You asked him to tell the story, and then you interrupted. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's were... with me. He knows I do this. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, they were. We just, all know. In that YouTube video, they were talking about how uh, uh, Christopher Walken introduced them. And you know how he has his like articulate way of uh, of speaking, and so basically uh, they kind of imitated his way of doing that. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't. Ever oh, since I saw that, walk. <laughs> I can't not say like Foo Fighters. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> my. My point being, I guess, they were making this album in this spooky house and then decided to make the film in there. I did find that. That is according to interviews. Uh, what else? What was what was my other point? Oh, okay. So this is probably going to be a tad dark, but hear me out, because I do think, like, uh, and maybe we'll, maybe it'll, you know, but, like, it has to mean something that Dave Grohl thinks of a story idea that centers around uh, a musician who kills themselves in the 90s. Like, I mean, there's just, like, there has to be something to explore there, you know? I mean, that's, like, I don't know, like, do, like 1993. I know it was actually 94, but still, it was just... Explain felt- for the listener who may not know what you're talking about. Oh, well, obviously, Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, and... It's not obvious to those who don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I would think that people know. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, well, the lead singer of that band, Kurt Cobain, you know, commit, you know, uh, completed suicide in 1994. So there we go. We're caught up. So I just, when I was watching the movie and I'm like, so this is about like a 
band. Like the guy like kills everybody, but then he also kills himself. I don't know. I just like maybe that is again me digging a little too deep, and that's like the psychology student in me going, "Hmm, Dave, what is like what's happening here? Unpack this. Yeah, yeah unpack yeah. this for me. You know." Uh, it would have been a little more pointed if the guy had like you know shot himself or something. Obviously, C- content. We're gonna have to put a big old fucking content warning on this now. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> uh, you know. But still, I was like, wow. You know, we're going back to like, you know, the early '90s and like this. Kind of, I don't know. I just thought there was something like worthy of <laughs> scratching at a little bit there. I don't know. Maybe not. But that was just something that kind of struck st- struck me right at the beginning. I was like. Wow, that guy just killed himself in the early nineties. And he's in ninety three. Like what's yeah. happening here? You know, and again, I mean it could have been more pointed being, you know, if it was ninety four or something or, you know, a little closer to the actual story. But I just thought that was something I was just kind of like a little shocked by. Like this story is supposed is very funny and goofy, but it like starts with and is kind of centered around, you know, a musician like, you know. obviously losing you know killing all the people in his band and then like killing himself obviously i know that's not the story um you know but just the way that it you know kind of you know it does like decimate the lives around for whatever reason people you know do you know make the choices they make you know you still leave people behind that are you know you know there's fallout you know for those people you know so it's just like watching this movie as like goofy as it is the 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 underlying story is super dark you know and when you think about dave's own like history like that just has to be you know i mean Mm. i just felt like the some there has to be something worth exploring there in that realm but again that might be a little too freud psychoanalysis (laughs) you know somebody's gonna point this out to me he goes no i didn't wasn't even thinking about that at all but i mean that's an interesting concept i didn't think about that um Again, that's just me, like the psychoanalysis. Well, like, let's, okay, let me, let me, let's give it a little bit more uh, thought, right? So, if uh, that, in the opening scene, again, spoiler, kind of spoiler alert. Well, this this is already, this is all spoiler. Um, You know how it is. Even though this is a new film, like, it's not playing, it's going to be on streaming soon, so go watch it. But, in the beginning, there's the band, um... Widow Dreams or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, and the guy who is there, he's like the main, he's a producer or something like that, right? Like he he's in the band. Uh, he kills everybody and then kills himself. It's very The Shining in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very The Shining because like something takes over him, right? And so what's interesting if, you know, if assuming that that scene, because this does come from a Dave Grohl story, is something that um, is exploring that or a way to kind of like exercise that demon, right, of, um, or deal with that kind of Paul that Cobain's death had when Nirvana was happening. Like, you know, in the similar way, Cobain committing suicide and thus the like, you know, ending in a very dramatic way um nirvana like is akin to like killing the band in a in a different way right right and so maybe this is a way to kind of exercise that or deal with the fact that you know years later maybe he feels some survivor guilt or something i don't know it's interesting Mm -hmm. i don't like i know 
my love, do you have, do you have like any thoughts about that? I mean, I, I, I had like, that's a very interesting observation, Joshua. And I, I, I didn't remember that he was in the, in Nirvana until you mentioned the suicide thing. And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, he was the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. Um, I think overall, I'm just wondering what actually went on while creating this album. If they're painting this elaborate haunting, uh, picture of how it went for, for them yeah. in the movie. So I'll have to, yeah, that'll be something I'll have to look into. I mean, it makes you want to go back and like, listen to the album again. Right. <laughs> and yeah. see And read the liner notes. And I mean, what is it? It's called madness at midnight, right? Or, or medicine at midnight. Medicine so, at yeah. midnight. Yeah. So, you know, obviously midnight halfway between the day and the night. Yeah. There's a whole mystical thing there. Yeah. It's like, so, so hold on a minute. This, I think medicine at midnight's the ninth album, if I remember correctly. So this is a new, this is a new album. Uh, no, this is the, uh, or was oh, this? Oh, maybe, maybe the whole thing is that they still haven't put out a 10th record and this was them. Making oh, okay. It. Yeah. That's, uh, that was my understanding. Yeah. But yeah. The, the point is, is that that album medicine at midnight was made in the house. Oh no, it says in 2021, the band released their 10th album medicine at midnight. Oh, okay. Well then, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, but, um, yeah. So again, I don't, I, I'm definitely not an expert on the Foo Fighters. I just was going cause you know, Jeffrey loves the Foo Fighters. You said you like the Foo Fighters. You could have just said, I like I'm definitely not an expert and ended the phrase. And there. ended it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the whole thing was that, yeah, they were making it in that house and then oh, decided okay. to make the film kind of based on that. And, but they, some of the stuff he was saying is like the, they were picking up weird sounds on the recording equipment and like other stuff. And, you know, I mean, who, who knows, but, um, significant enough to make a movie about it. Yeah. At least be to inspire like a horror film. And again, and it really could just be simply that, you know, I just, uh, I couldn't help but like think like, well, interesting, interesting, uh, uh, space. We'll have to find more interviews with, with the band and with Dave Grohl specifically to see if he any talks about it. Uh, uh, babe, have you have you started reading his autobiography? Oh, yet? Yeah, the storyteller. I I started it, and I I still yeah I need to uh, I need to get back to it. Mm-hmm. In, in what you've read so far, does he mention? I haven't, I haven't read much of it. Oh, yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not a reader either. Uh, no, he is a reader. Okay, I I All can right. be. Okay, it's just when I'm not doing my She's studying, like defending. Oh, that's right, you've been studying. Yes, she's a studier. She's a studier. She's uh, reading for utility. For yeah. So I guess the other thing that we can talk about in the in the film is it obviously pays homage to a lot of stuff. There was a lot of things in there. I mean, you definitely should have picked up on on you know there were there are lots of references to other you know. Can we talk about the Pearl Jam thing before you? Before you, I don't. I didn't get that. I don't get the Pearl Jam high five thing. It's their record, but I think Pearl Jam's first album. Um, well, yeah, the Pearl Jam um, high five. It's what you do after a Bukaki orgy. <laughs> no, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> that is so gross. Um, Pearl Jam. Oh well, okay. Well, but anyways, the Pearl is Jam- that where the name Pearl Jam comes from? I have no idea. I thought it was a reference. 
I thought that's what it was a reference to, but I mean, again, I don't Someone know. Someone is about, yelling at us right I now. I don't know much about Pearl Jam either. We're going to um, get letters. <laughs> Pearl just enraged Pearl Jam fans. Yeah, I don't know where the. Uh, My oh. understanding, though, is like their first album or something that the, it's them all like high fiving on it. So, like Dave Grohl, I actually listened, I heard a little snippet of Dave Grohl talking, I think it was Howard Stern interview talking about because Howard Stern was like you know what's the beef with Pearl Jam like why are you making fun of them in the movies no we're not we're all like really good friends we just like it was a funny thing because on their first album cover they're all like high-fiving but it's like all of them or something I'm trying to find the picture of and I know they mentioned Jeremy like which is a which is like Pearl Jam song Pearl Jam song yeah Yeah. and then the second time they did it they he said uh something about staying staying alive which alive is another song by them yeah, here we go. So see this. Um, see, they're all. Ew, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. But I was just like, because to me, Pearl Jam obviously sounds, you know, I mean, it sounds like, you know, what it sounds like. So I just, when, when, they, when he said that, the first thing that came to mind was something extremely uh, uh, sexually uh, erotic you know, whatever charged. <laughs> Maybe you've not been in that sort of situation, Joe, and it just didn't come to you. Maybe it's brought up your fond <laughs> memories of a situation, <laughs> a time that you have experienced, Joshua, but, Listen, um, you know, we're just, we're all trying to have fun and, and live yes, our lives. We're just squirrels trying to get a nut. Squirrel friends. Pearl jam, uh, name meaning. I guess we could look that up and find <laughs> out Joe. Uh, Oh, well, pff, this says that he says, he is Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder says it's a reference to his great grandmother Pearl. So I guess I'm way off. Who was married to a Native American and had a special recipe for peyote laced jam. Oh. But look, I'm not the only person. Does Pearl Jam mean sperm? Ha! So it's definitely a question. So I know it's not just okay. me. Uh, so we know. know that Joshua thinks and Joshua's slang. Well, yeah, there's other things on here on this here entry neck that says it's slang for that. So <sighs> I'm gonna make me some toast with some pearl jam. What do you think of that? <laughs> God. I don't want to hear about it, Jurgens and whatever you say. <laughs> so you just shut up. <laughs> Point is. The film, obviously, I, th- I felt it had very, like, you know, it's one of those things, it makes me wonder, this is something I would like to ask Dave Grohl, or I could, again, maybe look it up and find out. I wonder if he's a big horror fan. Like, it, is he a fan of horror movies? Because it felt like it was made by people who are fans of, of horror movies. Like, it was fun, it was goofy, it was super bloody, but it had references. Like, when, the, um, when Will Forte's character comes up and he's carrying the bags and he's, like, in the light, it was very The Exorcist. Exorcist yeah. Um, you know, there was a few other things that were, it was, you know, The Shining, um, John Carpenter's in it. Yeah. John Carpenter pops up. He like worked on the soundtrack, produced you know, some of the music, uh, you know, it just, it felt very much like there was a lot of instances in it. Again, I wish I'd been taking notes because there were a few other times where I'm like, oh wow, that's that shot from that. Oh, um, Whitney Cummings whole death sequence, you know, reminded me of Friday the 13th with Kevin Bacon, like, you know, getting Mm -hmm. stabbed through the neck. It was way better and way bloodier and super hilarious, you know, the whole sequence. Um, but that's, it made me think of that. It made me, you know, it took me to Friday the 13th. The whole film has kind of a giallo feel, mm. like because of the death, the way that the deaths are structured, even though it's like, even though it is a horror comedy, like it's taken so, it feels so serious. It, the cause, deaths are super gory. Super gory. And like the tone of the film is set in the 
in the first death. Like, it just seems so serious and personal. Yeah. So... I feel like it has that kind of Jalo take on it, and even with the lights and colors and stuff. And yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll give you that. It just, to me, it just reminded me a lot of like those eighties, nineties, like slashery movies. But then it's like you know, it's just, it had everything in it, you know, just tons of references and you yeah, know, it's very mean, much everything in the kitchen sink. <laughs> I mean, Grohl didn't have didn't write the script. It's a story. No, it's, he he was the story, and somebody else wrote the script. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Those uh, screenwriters and the director, like what other stuff they've worked on. Yeah, um, I was really, I was really quite pleased with Dave Grohl's acting. Um, I, yeah. I, I know about it. He, he's done a couple of episodes of Drunk History on mm-hmm. Comedy Central, and he's always really hilarious there. Plus, I mean, like you know, Dave Grohl is a performer of the highest order, so he has it in him to play, play a character. And obviously, yeah. they're all playing, like you know, heightened versions, heightened of versions yeah. of themselves, and yeah. things that you know, uh, things that are all weird and interesting. Yeah, and I think overall they all did. I mean, actually, like you know, I mean, for being a fan of the band, like, what did you? How do you think they all did? <laughs> I yeah, uh, I think they, I think they were really good. And one thing that kind of caught caught my eye was uh um just whenever whenever the uh whenever the demons came about and uh or whatever bad situation was happening uh Dave would you know do the normal thing and scream his lungs out <laughs> and uh and uh dear listener if you don't listen to a lot of foo fighters uh a lot of uh there are some songs where Dave Grohl just also screams his lungs out. Yeah. So he's got quite a falsetto. Yeah. So see, seeing him scream like in horror was, uh, it was interesting seeing that versus his, uh, or hearing his, uh, usual screaming on like best of you and those songs. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that like, obviously they're not all actors. Like Dave Grohl has like a, a specific sensibility, you know, um, but I think they all did, you know, a good enough job. Like there were definitely some of the bandmates. I was like, "He's working." You can tell he's like really thinking about it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> but, love but like most of them were. I love know. like Pat Smears screaming, like yeah. they, his whole like hysterical like screaming and the stuff with him just like sleeping in the kitchen yeah. and <laughs> like wearing a nightshirt and a cap, looking like a uh, fucking Ebenezer Scrooge. Like it's. It's so. I, I'm part of me. It's also like how much of this is also them, like they had to all be on board with it, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so like just taking the piss out of each other. Exactly. Like, well, how much of it is just like inside jokes from the road and over the years being mm-hmm. a band for you know so these many decades, and how much like uh, maybe this is something that they've all talked about too and all that. It's just it, you can tell that they. This is something. This is something people say when you like go to a play. And it's a shady comment because you don't, because it wasn't good, mm-hmm. but like they say, they were really having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be shady. I'm just like, I sincerely believe that they all had so much fun. Yeah. Um, and to have like fucking Whitney Cummings, Leslie Grossman there, like comedic actresses who are Lionel Richie, popped Lionel up Richie it, yeah. popping up. Yeah. 
that, only- <laughs> that I did hear the part Dave was talking with Howard Stern that um, they asked me, he's like, you know, so how do you get Lionel Richie? He goes, oh, this is going to sound so Hollywood, but I just text him. Like we're friends. Like I know him. Like we're friends. <laughs> he's like, when I broke my leg, um, he was, he said, when I, when I broke my leg, what was it? Five, six, seven years ago, something like that. Remember when he broke his leg on stage or, oh or, yeah. Or kept playing. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, not the uh, point. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't minimize that. He broke his leg at a show and they were working on the leg and he finished the show yeah. and then, and proceeded to finish tour. Like he, they built him a throne, right? Yes. Like, yes. You know. Yeah. That's another thing I really, I really respect and admire about Dave Grohl is just how, passionate he is about his music because and the fans yeah, and like well, that's he, rock and roll i can't remember where it was that he um broke his leg i want to say it was like sweet uh sweden or something like that it was an overseas show i remember but yeah that was uh yeah um they did build him a throne and i saw i saw one of the four times i've seen them was uh he, he was in that throne and it was after uh it was after they put out their Wasting Light album, mm. which has the uh, the popular song Walk, uh, mm-hmm. oh, which yeah. I thought there was going to be something coming from that. Like, he was going to just get off his throne and just start walking around. Learning to walk again! And then he's he's like, you know, stumbling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted. You. No, I mean, that's perfectly fine. I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we, you know, had that moment to, you know, again, bask in Dave Grohl's gloriousness, mm-hmm. uh, which that's, I mean, that's dedication. So, hey, you know, go you, man. Anyways, the point is, is that he was telling the story that he got like this big basket of muffins. He's, he said it was 7,000 muffins. I, I doubt it was, but that's what he said. I mean, it's Lionel Richie. It could have easily yeah, been. But that's how, yeah, he didn't know. And then his like manager was like, hey, Lionel Richie called to make sure you got the basket of muffins. He goes, okay. So anyways, so that, yeah, that was kind of cool that he actually asked like uh, Lionel to pop in, like that he knew him. It wasn't like just kind of a random thing. I, I didn't know that I Which needed. Which is hysterical. I didn't know that I needed Lionel Richie to like, first of all, to have Dave Grohl. I want a, I want a full version of Dave Grohl singing hello. Yes. Um, and I didn't know that I needed Lionel Richie to come in and be like, that's my fucking song. <laughs> yeah. That was delightful. And then he called him a nerd. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. You fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Overall, I really did it. When it first started out, I was kind of like, there was a few jokes and a few things that they said that I was kind of like, this might, the humor of this might be really difficult to like, plug into you know one because like uh how much of this is going to be kind of like nod nod wink wink at like foo fighters fans you know who are going to get like well i mean and there was the scene with the riffs you know when he's playing the riffs they're like oh that's that song or that's that song yeah. i'm like oh yeah no that i have no idea what they were talking about um you know i just don't you don't, don't know everlong no i don't i really it's so bad how little like i don't know anything about them or i don't listen to their music they're you know i mean they're menses again they're- i don't listen to a lot of it's just the truth, you know? So, sorry, Foo Fighters fans, people out there. You can hate me all you want. I don't care. Um, I you forgive know. you, Joshua. Thank you. I appreciate I it. I forgive you. You know, and again, if they can't name all of Melissa Etheridge's albums and then go fuck themselves, see? You know, like, yeah. we can't all know everything. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not making a horror movie, so, which is actually... Can you imagine if she did make yeah, a horror movie? Hysterical. I'd, I'd be here for it. Um, anyway. The Descent 3. Yes. There we go. Anyways, the point is, what was the point? I don't even remember the point anymore, Joe. We've lost the plot. You said that you liked, uh, 
you thought oh, it was I was be just worried wait, wait, that not, that, not, like, yeah. yeah, it would kind of go over my head a little bit. And then there were some sequences that felt very like bro humor, you know, like the, how many times did they kick each other in the balls? Like <laughs> there's like a whole fight <laughs> where they just keep kicking each, and I'm just like. Okay, we get it. Like kicking guys in the balls is funny, but like this stop being funny. Like, you know, I mean, it was just like some of that kind of stuff. Some of like that, like that. I'm just naturally very uncomfortable with. I don't like roughhousing. I don't like horseplay. I don't like those. You know, like you know, guys who you know have that kind of relationship. Like, hey, good for them, whatever. But like, there were just kind of things where I'm like, oh man, this might be real painful to get through. You know, like if we're gonna if they're gonna like spend their whole time drooling over how hot Whitney Cummings is, or like you know, just some of the stuff that would. Feel a little like too, you know, gross. And then it wasn't. It was actually I thought overall really well done, and and uh, it was it was very funny. And uh, yeah, I, I ended up really enjoying it. And I look forward to watching it again because it was just goofy. It's exactly again like Satanic Panic. Yeah, I would put it in that realm. Like I would totally put this with Satanic Panic. Yeah, show those maybe some kind of old, you know, like I, I think that like a, a day if you wanted to do like a day of films, you could do of films that we've talked about yeah, on yeah. the show. We could do Satanic Panic, this film, and um, Freaky could be fun. Freaky could be fun, but I was thinking more. Um, uh, we are the darkness, or we? Oh, we summon the dark. We summon the darkness. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so. Um, I wish I wish we did get some people singing though. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted because Foo Fighters also released a disco album. <laughs> Uh, the DGs. It was like for uh, record store day, and he they covered a few. Uh, um, they covered a few songs from the Bee Gees, and I kind of wanted there to be some reference to that. I was really hoping for you know a little a little disco inspired stuff, but it wasn't as musical as I was expecting. Were you expecting more singing, more like? Uh... I mean, they just played the same song through the whole, you know, what they were writing. Yeah, their 44-minute song they were trying for. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which I kept thinking, I'm like, this has to be going somewhere to like, you know, like at first I thought it was going to be like, Three six 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 or something. Yeah, you it's know, gonna like be like gonna sixty-six have... minutes, six 60... seconds. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was like, this has to be going, you know. And then it was like forty minutes. I'm like, okay, jeez, yeah, <laughs> that, that didn't go where I thought it was gonna go. But yeah, did you expect to hear more music or song, new songs or things in it that you know? Um, no. it would have been <laughs> not not really. I think I think it was. Uh, I think it was about what I expected. It would have been. It would have yeah. been fun to. Uh, have have Dave like go into his uh, um, get into his possessed state while he was maybe singing one of his songs, and then everybody's just like, "Whoa, what happened?" Yeah, yeah. Where did that come <laughs> from? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Whoa, da, da, da. I yeah. was I was kind of hoping that there would be like this is like oh we released a movie and the tenth album comes out. As the the 10th album is an album inspired by this movie. Yeah, yeah. That was something that he talked about on um, on Howard's, on the interview with Howard Stern as well. I think it was he and Taylor were on it. Maybe the others. I, I don't know. I We were only in the car for, you know, whatever, 10 minutes to drive to the store. So I didn't hear the the whole interview. Uh, but I'd like to, because I, th- I think Dave Grohl is really funny, you know, and... Um, 
uh, as much as I like despise Howard Stern, I do think he gives a good interview because he um, he'll ask like questions about like how's the money work or how you know how do you get paid for it because he was doing um, Dave Grohl's worked on like Trent Reznor's like he's done stuff for Nine Inch Nails or he's done like he's played drums for other things and so Howard Stern was just like you know how much you get paid for that <laughs> like, and I love to hear that kind of stuff like that's super interesting to me. Well. How much does he get paid? Well, he talked to me. He didn't give actual numbers, but he said that he, a lot of times he just does it for fun, but he did ask to get paid, I guess, for, um, there was some reason he wanted um, Nine Inch Nails to pay him. I can't remember what it was. Well, Trent Reznor has like, he's a composer. He's got, he's got movie money. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just one of those things. Like sometimes you do stuff for friends just because, or sometimes you, you know, like, ah, fuck you, Liam, pay me. You know, I don't know. (laughs) It could have just been like a total, because he said it was scale. So like, which is like, you know, like is not what you, he probably could have made more money just, you know, going and writing his own song and using that time to put something out, you know, of his own, he could have made more money. So who knows? But you know, anyways, those, those kinds of questions are interesting. Um, but what was the point? There was something else I was going to say. There was something you said that, Oh, the album. So yeah, for some reason they decided not to do it that way. Uh, Cause like Howard asked me, he's like, why didn't you, why isn't there an album? Like where's the studio six, six, six record. Um, but I did read that he made a whole album of music for the fake band in it. The what were they called again? Um, uh, uh, like Widow Dreams or Dream some, Widow, yeah, or Dream something. Widow, something like that. Yeah. Because um, he was like, they're going to be the new Jane's Addiction, which I'm like, oh, okay, that puts it in a very specific. Yeah. Like they kind of look like that. Like they look like they would be on the Charmed soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, very like you know orgy. Very <laughs> like that. Um, headlining at P three. Yeah, Dream Widow. Yeah. So apparently, a whole album of music exists for that band, the fake band in the film. But I don't know if they're going to release it or, or if, even if that's true. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I did expect that as well because it's just that's kind of the perfect avenue, you know, of like uh, you know we're going to make a film and then we're going to release an album that kind of yeah. coincides okay. with it. I feel like as much as I would have liked that to happen too, I don't think Dave Grohl would have done like, I think he would have wanted the music to stand by, stand alone, stand by itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we've talked this one into the ground. We've been uh, up and we've been down. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I definitely recommend seeing it. Uh, you said it, it's streaming soon, so is it I mean, having a short release? I mean, no tea, no shade, no pink oh, lemonade, know, yeah, but there like was. there were only seven people in this theater. That's true. <laughs> it's I, one of those AMC movies with the gold border where I'm like, okay, this is not a wide release. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's part of the Artisan series or whatever. So um, you're probably right, it will be going direct to somebody. I know you're doing your summation, Shutter. But, before we, but before we do your summation... Um, can we each say our favorite two or three, well, Joshua, maybe none, um, Foo Fighters songs? Um, just in case Dave Grohl actually does hear this. Well, um, James, you go first. (laughs) You're the actual, you know, the real fan amongst us. I can also go first because I think I know mine. Yeah. You know mine too. Yeah. Go Mm -hmm. for it. Um, Learn to Fly, which is an early Foo Fighters song. Is is a good one. Um, I really like Everlong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm basic. I love the hits. Uh, what can I say? Um, the song that I like um, 
that reminds me that this is actually James's ringtone when he calls me is um, St. Cecilia, uh, which is not a hit, but it's a song that reminds me of, uh, of James. Nice. And uh, if I add a fourth one, wheels, wheels is also nice because it's got a little country feel to it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Those are all good ones. Um, This is a tough one for me because I like a that's kind of, that's another reason why I like the Foo Fighters so much. Listen, there's you're, a lot of... you're dying in 15 minutes. You get three songs. That's like three about three <laughs> songs. What are they? What are you going to play? You know, because that's all you got. You're about to die. You only got your Foo Fighters CDs with you. Okay. What three songs are you picking? So definitely... <laughs> Just to make it serious. <laughs> definitely Best of You. Okay. Is that the one where he yells the best a lot? Yes. Okay. That was going to be one of mine, so... Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, let's see what else. There's a song on there uh, called "Dirty Dirty Water" by them. Oh yeah, that's that is a good song too. Yeah, that's and on the new one, right? It's on the uh, pre the previous to "Medicine at Midnight." I'm like blanking on the name right now. Okay. I know this is bad it's to hear Sonic from a Highways but, though, right? No, it's not Sonic Highways. Yeah, okay, but "Dirty" is "Dirty Water" is a good song. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a ton of songs I like by them, but those are the two that jump out right now. Um, what's the song from the, the title song from Echo Silence, Patience and Grace? It's, that's a pretender. No, no, no. The, um, the song where he actually says Echo Silence, Patience and Grace. Oh, um, do you know what I'm talking about? The, you've, you've. You've heard, you showed it to me before, and oh, it's home. Yeah, home. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say home. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Very Actually, nice. yeah, that one. Yeah, that one falls in there too. That's kind of a nice. Uh, it's definitely a different one. It's one of his uh, slower songs. Mm-hmm. And I like the acoustic version. So, like during quarantine, during the during pandemic season one, COVID season one, there we we, we watched a couple of uh, live things that. Foo Fighters did because they were on they were on like they were doing a lot of benefit concerts for small music venues yeah. like Troubadour and all that stuff so we we watched a couple of their shows and they would do this really like stripped acoustic version of times like these which like was just so like prescient of the time because like it's times like these we learn to live again it's Mm -hmm. times like these we learn to love again and doing it in that like slow way was really great and then he would at the end of it he would like ramp it up and it would be like yeah this is a song you need to shake and i really wish that i really wish they would release a recording of that way that they do it live yeah because i just like i want to i want to be able to have that on demand when i need to feel inspired I like uh, it. Yeah. I think it was in that moment when we were watching. I don't think I've ever told you this. It was in that moment when we were watching it that I like really felt like, hey, maybe we are going to be okay mm-hmm. in terms of all the COVID stuff. Yeah, that actually might be another one on my on my list. Times like these. Yeah, thank you for bringing that one up. That's precious. Yeah. Um, I think think one more I'll mention is uh, the song that they played in the credits, "Love Dies Young." That's on their "Medicine at Midnight" as well. Yeah. Yeah, I need one. to sit and listen to that album because I really like that. I did like that song that was over the credits. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I really liked Shame Shame that was on there. 
Um, I actually am looking at all their singles and I'm like, wow, I really don't know any Foo Fighters. At least not enough to look at the title and be like, oh, I know that song. Times like these, when you start to say the lyrics, I'm like, oh, I remember that one. I do like that one. What's the one? Isn't there a song where they're like on an airplane? Like Let's in the learn video? to fly. Okay. Yeah. I feel like if I heard it, I can't. I can't conjure it up. Make my way back home and learn to fly. Oh my God. We're going to get sued just for like the way. Hey, if Dave Grohl's wants to come after me, like he can, I got my own little Satanist here. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) His demons don't want to go. But like learn to fly is a song that I didn't know was a Foo Fighters song. But like one of my friends who is a karaoke friend would always sing it. And I was like, Oh, that's a cool like song. And then it wasn't until like, hearing James play it, I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was a Foo Fighters song. Oh, okay. I just knew this as, like, that's my friend Neil's song. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think I like that song. I cannot remember how it goes in my head. And you singing it, I'm not sure that that was helpful. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I love you. Yeah, you'll know um, it once you hear it. Yeah, but I feel like I might like that song. I feel like I remember seeing the video and being like, oh, this is an idea. And then I guess song. Shame, Shame. Shame, Shame. I do really dig. That was great. I love it. And it was the whole thing, like, the way they did it on SNL. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It felt very bluesy. Yeah. You know, and I like that. So, you know, I mean, if I'm, you know, most of the men I listen to are, are in that realm, you know, like kind of bluesy funk, you know, kind of, kind of music. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I did really enjoy that single a lot. I was like, that is sexy. I dig that. Just the sound of it, you know, not like that. The song is sexy, but you know what I mean? Like when I say that it's just, it was like, Ooh, that's, that's sure. be nice to play. You know, playing on the guitar and stuff looked looked Mm -hmm. fun. Anyways, yay. This Ode to the Foo Fighters has come to an end. Um, James, thank you for hanging out and and joining this insanity. (laughs) Thank you you both once again for having me. I enjoyed myself. Yay. Yay. That's all we ask. Uh, I love you. Pearl Jam high five. I love you too. Hmm. Pearl Jam high five, but not... Oh, see, you made it weird. (laughs) We're like... (laughs) You fucking made it weird. (laughs) The best thing is like... like is straight guys out there that uh, that hear this should should we you know should besides Matt I guess I should say (laughs) are all gonna now think that instead and be like "Mm, I don't know. (sighs) We were like having although that's a thing too with like you know like one woman and a bunch of men right. That's like a thing. It doesn't have to just. It doesn't. Can have we to stop just be talking gay. about Bukaki? <laughs> <laughs> it's for everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, dear listener, for listening to this. Uh, next week we'll be coming at you from from Georgia. That's going to be fun. We're going to record an episode on the road. Maybe a couple. We'll see, Joe. Right? Depends on who. Maybe on the plane. Yeah, there we go. Maybe from maybe from being detained when Joshua <laughs> <laughs> inevitably like you know, inevitably listen, throws I, hands. I know how to control that. I'm not getting arrested. I'm not dealing with that nonsense. But uh, you know, if I say the right thing, then somebody else gets arrested. That's not my problem. <laughs> White males only, of course. <laughs> All right, no, um, this is a disaster. Um, thank you all so much. Have a good night. Bye. Good night.
Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Geekscape Network.